Hello and welcome to Raw Rants, your podcast where we talk about all the stuff that happens right at the intersection of life and business. My name is Stefan Tieringer and I am your host. I'm an angel investor, I'm a serial entrepreneur, I'm a dad, I'm a fool and a heart attack survivor. Connect with me on social media. I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook. I have a website or connect to our community number at 617-313-2827. Let me know what you think about this episode or any other episode you'd like to chat about. Give me some of your thoughts. Let me know what you'd like me to talk about. Let me know how I can help you. My name is Stefan Terringer, your host here at the Raw Rants podcast. Grateful you're here and we're ready for the next episode. Listen in. Here we go. Hey, 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 and welcome. This is Stefan Terringer, your host here at Raw Rants. It's been a bit taking a break as we're getting ready for season two and before we do that we're gonna talk about anger anger and emotion that many of us are sometimes very very familiar with and the question is always what are we angry about who are we angry at Is it us? Is it someone else? Or is it just some damn situation that was created? Or guess what? We maybe created ourselves. First off, thank you for being here. It's amazing that you're coming back, you're listening in, you're still here. And I'm so appreciative of all of you. And as we talk about anger today, I want us to remind ourselves that anger... Anger is a regulatory program. It's kind of your internal operating system. And going back in history, and when you really look at what, and you can read it up all over, what anger was really evolving and governing anger was evolving from the service of bargaining, believe it or not, to resolve conflicts of interest in the favor of the angry individual. So when we look at that historically and we kind of look at this from a standpoint of how it evolved and how it was kind of created going forward, it is orchestrating the behavior in the angry individual that then actually creates an incentive in the target of the anger that could be the other person to, as it is said, calibrate upwards. And that's what is called in psychology a recalibrational theory of anger. And that is then really the question of the other person, right? Which is why when we get angry, then suddenly we get into this feeling of not enough. We're not important enough. There is something missing. And that is then the weight he or she puts on the welfare of the angry individual. So it's very, very simple then. It is, I'm angry. I matter. Please see me. Value me. And acknowledge me, because otherwise I'll get pissed. Anybody relate to that? And then there is that whole piece of a strategic plan for anger. 
But is the question really, is there such a thing as that? Is there a strategic plan? Why am I angry? What is the intent of my anger? And are we really at the moment that we get angry? Are we conscious? Are we aware enough to say, what do I want the outcome to really be? And what's interesting is, that's really where we can start exercising what I always like to refer to as that radical self-awareness. Remember the simple but often difficult principle of emotional intelligence. Self-awareness, self-management, that all happens on the inside. And then we go outside where there is the social awareness and the relationship management piece, which is to the external world of us. So it's kind of this invitation of mine for you to box it up. Insight, self-awareness, self-management, social awareness and relationship management on the outside. So how intentional is anger then? So looking at logic of anger, well, anger is really part of basic biology of the human species. There's actually a theory that proposes that anger is produced by a neurocognitive program engineered by natural selection to use bargaining tactics. And that's what we talked about earlier, right? To resolve conflicts of interest in favor of the angry individual. So it's a whole orchestration. Two interpersonal negotiating tactics. It's conditionally inflicting costs or conditionally withholding benefits to incentivize the other person to place greater weight on the welfare of me. I'm angry and I'm going to project everything onto you to let you show me that I actually matter. So what's interesting as you look around and as research has shown, individuals who have, as it's referred to, enhanced ability to inflict cost, and that is stronger individuals or confer benefits, which could be uh, somebody who holds something that could be as simple as physical attraction, they have better bargaining positions in conflicts. But then also what comes out is that people who have that kind of power and they hold that power, they get angry much, much easier and they're prone to anger because they prevail more likely in that conflicts. And what happens then is entitlement happens because they feel they're entitled to better treatment. And maybe us listening here and me talking, maybe it's us and we feel entitled to better treatment. So really, I'm inviting you here to think about that. Do you hold a bargaining position and you use that in the context of anger, projecting something out to get the reassurance that you matter more than you are currently feeling that you matter? So this is really, when you think about it, evolutionary analysis on a very, very basic level. The domino effect of anger is, is interesting sometimes. So it's the usual playbook, right? Something happens, we see it, we feel it, we judge it. We decide if it was intentional or not. And if it is, and we decide that was intentional, then we call that in psychology a negative reciprocity. If it seems intentional to us, 
Not only do we get angry, but we also then step forward to punish as a consequence of the anger. And then the real question is, and this is what I want to really, really invite you about today, is how do you move forward from there? What do you do and what is the opening? What are the options? Or are we just continuing to allow ourselves to dig deeper? So while it's important to understand where anger comes from and what anger is, but it's important to also think about when I'm angry, why am I angry? What's my intention of the anger? Is there an intention of the anger? But if you're digging yourself in, well, how do we dig ourselves out? And there's an old example which in psychology and people have written about it. And if you're a soccer fan, you remember that Zinedine Zidane, one of the greatest soccer players of all time, um, is being written about in the context of the Materazzi effect. And the Materazzi effect was during the World Cup in soccer when Italy won because uh, Zidane was provoked by an Italian player and that player was Materazzi that he got so angry, so pissed off that he headbutted the other guy and that got him a red card and France, which was the team Zidane was talking, uh, spe- uh, playing for, ultimately lost him as a player because of the red card and ultimately lost the World Cup in 2006. So that is a perfect example how anger can be actually used strategically also to win. So Materazzi sets off Zidane Zidane gets pissed because he's angry and he, what we also talk about, gets that amygdala hijack where he acts and reacts before he thinks and that gets Materazzi exactly what he wanted. So conflict in general, as we know, is a common feature of social life. It's between animals, it's in in any group, it's between human beings, obviously, in many, many, many social relationships. And that's an important thing for us to remember. That's the same thing, you know, we're not so different sometimes from animals. Social relationships often retain value even after conflict has occurred. So that's an important piece because that also motivates us when we're angry to reconcile with our interaction partners. Because... The important decision to make is, and the important subconscious decision often we make is, is it valuable and is it non-threatening, non-withstanding prior conflict? So there's conciliatory gestures. Maybe it's a gift, an apology most certainly, and an offer of compensation, whatever that may be. And all these things, they accelerate forgiveness and reduce anger. As a last piece what I really, 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 uh, I sound like that movie, really, 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 really. But what I really want to invite you for is this. When you're angry and you find yourself really, you dug in deep, find a way for the proper apology. And what's not going to do it is, I'm sorry, and moving on, ain't going to do it. That's as good as someone asking you, Glib, you're okay? And we've all experienced that. The other part, what I want to say before I even go into what an apology is, is this. Don't make an apology with an excuse. Well, I did that because of the yeah, but. 
because you may as well put the white out on the computer screen and just delete it all out. What's important is that a proper, and to remember, a proper apology when there is anger, when there is upset, and we've made on both sides, on as many sides as there are involved, the decision that we're going to move on. A proper apology requires a few core pieces. It doesn't only require communication, but it also requires action. Think of it like authenticity. We talk, we acknowledge, we agree, and we act. It's so important also to recognize that as humans, we don't just engage only in an apology in a verbal manner, but also a non-verbal manner. And that makes it automatically, if it's voluntary or involuntary, more forgivable. Gestures could include acknowledgements of wrongdoing, efforts to repay or to undo the costs imposed upon the person who was the victim in the situation, expressions of sympathy, and also a very explicit and detailed declaration of the intention to refrain from harming the person or the context of the victim in the future. And that is something that becomes very, very visual also to the person who's receiving that. And it's important that when we, in our scenarios of anger and how we think about it, we don't think about, I'm going to get even, or I'm trying to keep as much distance. Despite what he or she did, I want us to have a positive relationship again. That's really the key to it. And that's kind of the trigger point. So ensure and check that there's the space for an apology and there's the room for the other person to be able to receive you. Ask for the permission to apologize. Practice that you're not jumping right in and you're assuming that you can do something that involves them. Sometimes the permission to apologize may come right away. And sometimes, guess what? There may be, and there may be the need to have a little space and when they grant you the apology, and they will, because more than likely they're going to want to hear what you have to say, let them know in detail what you're apologizing for. So they know that you understand and they hear from you what you did. And they understand really absolutely clearly that you know why they're upset. And let them know, acknowledge that you hurt them and tell them how much you regret what you did, you know it was wrong, and that you value their feelings. It's important that you express that you wish you could turn back time and change what you said or did. And again, make sure that you don't say something like, hey, if I heard you, I'm sorry. That's not if I heard you, you hurt, you paint them, you did something. You offend it. And that's an important part that you understand that that is an important piece. And if, and words like, if put the blame on the other person for feeling, hurt instead of the other person who's committed the offense. And I think one important piece is also, let them know how you plan to write the situation. Sometimes it's not possible to write it, 
but when it's possible, do everything you can to make it right. And if it's not possible to write it, let the person who you offended choose the outcome they'd like to see. Let them know that inherent in your apology is a promise that you won't do what you did again. And that's an important, important part. Because if you don't say that, then what you offered is really not an apology. It's just a sorry-ass excuse. So ask him for forgiveness, formally. After you've talked through it, I'm asking for your forgiveness. Will you please forgive me? And let them also have their space. Let them know that you understand that they may need time to think about it. And don't assume just because you made an apology and you asked for their forgiveness that they're going to immediately forgive you and hand it right over to you. So once you're there, it's ready and it's perfectly primed for the two parties to go forth and a sincere apology should be given and accepted with the intention of restoring a relationship. And that is in business, and that is in personal life. It's a bilateral agreement. And I think I can tell you about it. Sometimes it takes time for things to get back if they do get back to the way they were. And if they do get back, they can be better even than what they were. Intention can move relationships to a deeper level of respect, harmony, and care. And I'm gonna say it one more time, never ever ruin an apology with an excuse. I want to leave you with a few final thoughts. Life is a journey. Anger is a human, basic human emotion. Focus on the bigger picture and don't get angry about the small stuff. Ask yourself if your anger is actually more about you than what the other person, the other group, or whatever the situation is that you in your mind say they have done. Ask your intention. And even when you're angry, remind yourself that you may not like the other person. You may not like the group right now that's across from you at the moment but you still share common ground and potentially it is simply also someone that you share love for them. Simply put, and as I always like to say, always, always, always leave people better than you found them. I hope this was helpful today a little bit to put a perspective on anger, where anger comes from, where anger goes. But when there's anger, we also need to make an apology and don't make an excuse. Really remember an apology is a formal way of engaging one-to-one or one-to-many or many-to-one and there needs to be a way to do that properly. My name is Stefan Thuringer. I hope you learned a little bit about what moving forward looks like, that forgiveness with others and with yourself is important that there is a way to define anger and get a little bit of a glimpse of the anger matrix. The what, the how, and where do we go with it? 
I'm immensely grateful you were here today. Here again, another episode of Raw Rants. My name is Stefan Terringer. I'm going to let you know I'm so super excited. We're going to start off in season two. We're going to have some incredible guests here. We're going to have some famous, famous educators, and we're going to talk about curiosity with kids. We're going to have some people here who talk about their own weirdness. We're going to have some people who talk about their experience out of super, super, some of the largest boardrooms in the United States. And what I mean with that in terms of the value of billion dollar companies in those boardrooms, what happens there emotionally, what happens there really, and what is some of the advice that could be helpful to you? I'm immensely grateful for that. And um, so looking forward to having you back here again. My name is Stefan Turinger. Connect with me on social media, on Twitter, on Instagram, on LinkedIn, on Facebook. And follow us wherever you get your podcast fix on Spotify, on uh, Apple, on Pandora, on Google. Uh, and again, thank you so much. Sending you love and light. Be less angry. And if you're angry and there is anger or there's something sitting around, go out and make that apology and seek forgiveness And if you are on the other side of it, then maybe it's time to forgive and find a constructive and respectful and empathetic way forward. Stefan, out. Out.